This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode number 99. One more to 100. Yes, sir. I'm Peter Mitchell here with the one and only Jackson Stover. And today we're going to talk about Russ, Russ Wilson, that is. The NBA playoff picture, we're getting close to the all-star break. It looks like uh, the standings are shaking out a little bit, depending who who you ask. (laughs) Uh, And then we're going to talk about our first Top Shot pack opening, which we did last night, live streamed over Twitch. Shout out to Stone for letting Jackson guest host that. Yeah, that was clutch. Yeah, Um, If you check it out, a little bit of foul language on my part. I apologize. I really wanted the jaw and uh, Giannis cards, but we'll get there and talk about what all went down and what we ended up with. But let's start with Russell Wilson. So the news of the day, and it sounds like nice guy Russ has asked for a trade without actually asking for a trade. His agent came out and clarified amid all the rumors today after the athletic article dropped and everything else and Schefter's tweeting about it, yada, yada, yada. His agent says, Deshaun, or geez, Deshaun, I'm so used to talking about him. Russ is not asking for a trade, but if he is traded, he would like to be traded to either Cowboys, Bears, Saints, or Raiders. So I find that pretty interesting that he he doesn't, he's, he's not asking for a trade. But like, hey, if you dealt us to one of these four teams, it would be pretty cool. Like, I take this as Russell Wilson asking for a trade as much as Russell Wilson, the nice guy, is able to ask for one. And he's not going to full Deshaun yet, but yeah, I mean, Deshaun's made it clear he he finally talked to Houston officials, uh, David Coley, their new coach, and it's like my my stance hasn't changed. <laughs> I I want nothing to do with this. He organization. flipped him the bird. He flipped him the bird. Right, but yeah, Russ coming out here, Mister Squeaky Clean, off the field guy, Mister Incredible, unlimited, <laughs> unlimited, unlimited. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Um, so I I just think it's a philosophy thing. Pete Carroll's known for this run the ball defense first style, and Russ says, "Hey, Pete." We have a great relationship. Uh, we've had success here, won a Super Bowl. But like, let's maximize what I have and what I think I'm capable of, which I think he's 100% in the right to say. And if you're that coaching staff in that organization, wouldn't you want to cater things to him a little bit more more than you have been? You haven't invested well, in O line. I feel like they tried last year. I mean, that is totally true. The O line is a huge problem, and that's and something he Russell spoke Wilson, out about. Yes, and he does take a lot of sacks on his own volition. But at the same time, the line is awful. Like he shouldn't be scrambling for his life all the time. I mean, you watch a Seahawks game, and it looks like the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Like Russell Wilson's just running for his life like Mahomes was damn near every game. So I get that part of it, but I feel like they tried to open it up. And at least for the first half of the season this last year, that's what they did. I mean, he was throwing for 400 yards almost every week, it seemed like. And then the second half of the year, it went back more towards kind of the Seahawks typical run it on first down type of scheme. And I don't know if it's because the defense got healthier and playing better. And so Pete Carroll and the coaching staff tried to kind of regress back to the normal Seahawks football. But I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this because I feel like we get the, are the Seahawks going to trade Russell Wilson rumors every single off season and nothing ever comes of it. But at the same time, right now in the NFL, it kind of feels like the NBA and there's this power shift from the teams to the players. And at least when it comes to quarterbacks, it seems like these guys call the shots now and it doesn't matter if they're under contract. If they want to be traded, they're going to get traded. And so maybe Russell Wilson really is going to be moved. I mean, with all the momentum this has and how hot of a topic it is, I wouldn't be surprised if I wake up tomorrow morning with a headline that he got traded to one of those four teams. Nothing would surprise me at this point. Um, like I was saying, um, he he also wants to have more say in the personnel on the roster and some of the coaching philosophy. And he has come out and said, these four teams, Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas, I almost said Oakland, and Chicago <laughs> are the, the four teams he'd like to go to. So today you texted me and said that Dallas makes the most sense. So tell me why Dallas makes the most most sense. So I think from both sides of it, especially when you look at contractually here, if Dallas is going to keep Dak Prescott, 
they are absolutely screwed for the next two, three, four, five years. Because you look at what Dak's contract will be, you look at what Demarcus Lawrence's contract is, and then you look at Zeke and Amari's contracts, they're going to have no money. I mean, they're going to be so freaking far over the cap every single year. As far as you can see that these contracts are going to stretch on for, they're screwed. They can't win like that. You can't win with 90% of your money going to four guys. So I think if you're able to trade for Russ, you're able to balance the caps out a little bit. Who knows? Maybe they can even pull off somehow sending back Zeke or Demarcus Lawrence in the deal along with a boatload of firsts, including their first round pick this year, which is a top 10 pick. I think it really does make sense. And if he's going to leave Seattle, I think he's got to go somewhere that at least has close to the weapons that he has right now. Because you're not going to walk away from DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And in my opinion, go to Oakland where you're throwing to Henry Ruggs as your best wide receiver. Like that's not going to cut it. That just doesn't make sense. Waller is nice, but (laughs) I mean, he's not a deep ball or sure handed slot guy like Lockett or, you know, a guy like Metcalf, the deep ball stuff. Like they just don't have that. I mean, I, I guess you have a sure-handed guy in Waller and a you potential a, you good a coach deep ball that, guy. You have a coach known for being a quarterback guy, so you know Gruden yeah. would do what he can, and you know yeah. he doesn't love cars, so that's a mega huge win for John Gruden. I think it's a massive win for Gruden. Just if I'm Russ, you got to consider what you're walking away from and what you're walking into, and so for that reason... I think that Dallas and New Orleans have to have an edge over Chicago and Las Vegas at this point. I think the Raiders have to be at the bottom of the list because at least if you're looking at Chicago, you can say, hey, can I be better than Mitch Trubisky? We've got Allen Robinson if we keep him around. You know, we've got some other guys, Cohen, uh, Montgomery, some backs that can catch the ball and do some things like you're not just walking into a crap offense and you also got a really good defense with Oakland. You don't have a ton on offense, probably less than Chicago, maybe about the same. And then you have absolutely no defense at all. I think defensively, you're just as bad as Seattle and Oakland and worse offensively with the situation you walk into. The only benefit would be you've got Gruden's ear and I imagine Russ and Gruden would be calling most of the shots. Yeah. Um, If your point for Dallas is the weapons there, I mean... You can't disagree with that. Just look at the no. roster. He could, he would have a great time playing for them if they can sure up that O line. And it would make Zeke a lot better. I mean, think about how good Russ was when he had a real back in Marshawn Lynch. And no knock to Chris Carson, but Zeke is another tier of back when actually I, playing well. You don't think Zeke so anymore? Zeke has not been in that top tier in two years at least in my opinion, but I, I have a hard time overreacting too much to this last year because I mean, you've got Andy Dalton and mm, yeah. some of these random, what, what was the quarterback's name that started one week? Danucci. You yeah, got Ben, ben Danucci out there. Like, do you really think Zeke's going to go for 120 when they're just stacking the box yeah, trying to stop him? Like four starting offensive linemen injured, but that's right. a different story. If they were to, ch- a Dak Russ trade, I think, you know, both sides might make it out happy. Dallas would obviously have to send more uh, Seattle's way, but if they're getting Russ, I don't think they send Dak there. I, I'm just, I think Dak walks. I don't know. I'm just pointing out uh, Derek Carr and Dak Prescott both do a pretty good job of taking care of the ball, and that would fit what Pete Carroll likes to do, you know, mistake free football control the game, manage the game. Um, yeah, th- that makes sense. Yeah, New Orleans, obviously they would be good because they trade up, they get talent on that roster, and they compete every year. They have a fantastic coach right. in Sean Payton. Uh, and you're walking into a playoff team already. 100% auto Super Bowl contenders. And then the Bears, I, I would put them up there as Super Bowl contenders too just because of that defense they have. It's, it's really I mean, if they simple. get Russ... Absolutely. I mean, he's a good enough player that whatever team he goes to, as long as it's not like the Jags or something, which isn't going to happen, they are going to be in the playoffs and a Super Bowl threat. And I got to ask you now as a Cowboys fan, because I have heard a lot of clowns with the take of, we don't want Russ, Dax better. He's our guy. He's the future. Do you actually think that that's true? Like from a Cowboys fan, would Absolutely you take not. Russ over Dak? Who are Thank these you. clowns okay. that you are listening to? 
I got one a wall across from me right now in the other room. People on Twitter, I've seen it a ton. I, I can't tell you how many people I blocked on Twitter today that were talking about how they think Dak's a better option over Russ, and they wouldn't do it. Wow. Um, I think Dak's a really good quarterback, above average, but Russell Wilson has won a Super Bowl. Um, last thing. Right. If I'm Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, I'm trading every single thing I can to get Russell Wilson. I'm saving my ass. Oh, I would trade seven first round picks. I don't give a damn. Yeah. Pepsi I mean, bottle, he's, Coca-Cola glass. You're going to insert him into that offense and he's going to look so good because Mitch Trubisky has been playing quarterback for them for the better part of two years. Like it's not going to be tough to beat that at all. I mean, I guess three years at this point with Mitch, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been rough. So uh, one thing I want to note about the Saints, I think a problem for them is the Taysom Hill contract because you don't pay a guy that much money. Oh, only one year left. Okay. But my thought process is you don't pay a guy that much money and commit to him like they did if you're going to bring in somebody else to start over him. Do you think that they would just do the same BS they have for the last year or so with Taysom Hill there if they get Russ, because it doesn't really make any sense to me. Russ can move almost as good as Taysom Hill. Obviously, he's not going to be lowering his shoulder, delivering hits, but I mean, it's not like Drew Brees. You know, Russ is a totally different, different breed of QB at this point. That is a non-starter for me. If you trade a bunch of assets for Russell Wilson, that's your guy. You don't you don't even worry about what you're paying Taysom. So you don't even you just leave him on the bench, maybe throw him in there maybe for a couple packages, give him some tight end snaps or something, put him in fullback every once in a while. In the red zone, maybe some designed runs here and there, but But he should never throw the ball. If yes. you have Russell Wilson, he should never. not take a single snap with the intention of throwing it. Never. Some kind of belldozer package. That's it. Okay. I could live with that. I could live with that. Do you think there's any other teams that aren't on his list of four that could maybe get in the mix and he would reconsider and take a deal there? Um, What about Miami? Yeah, I was going to say because of the assets, Miami could right. be a team to do it. You know, they could offer to I mean, you could give them two, two first this year, yeah. another first next year, the year after. And like that, that's got to at least make you pick up the phone. <laughs> that's got to be the trump card of all offers. Yeah, I would think so. But I mean, Russ, as far as or uh, I you know, or you call Houston. <laughs> yeah, that's not. But I mean, Russ, would... Russ has a no trade clause, I believe. That's what oh, I was going. I think okay. he's got a no trade clause, and it's just like the Deshaun deal, where he can veto it if he wants. And even if he doesn't have the no trade clause, and I'm wrong about that, Seattle isn't just gonna send him to Alaska to die. You know, he's been there long enough and has enough goodwill with them that I think. They're going to send him to one of his preferred destinations. I can get Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I don't care about that. I'm doing it. Oh, man. There's no way that 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 would just never fly. But if you're Seattle, you got to try. Yeah. It's going to be a fun think, story to monitor. It is. It um, really is. I, Maybe a three team deal. Could we get some unprecedented NBA type of trade where you get the Texans in as a third team and you should you send Deshaun somewhere else or send Deshaun to Seattle and get Russ going somewhere else? Sure. Make it I don't happen. think I've ever seen a three team trade in the I NFL. I can't recall one either. I had no time like the present. It's turning into the NBA the way free agency and trades are starting to work. So I, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me. But all right. Any other final thoughts on Russ here? No, just going to be fun to watch. Nothing surprises me anymore with, you know, pro athletes being unhappy. I don't think he'll get traded, but it'd be wild if he ended up in Dallas. Yeah, it would. It would. I would hate it if he ended up in Dallas because I, I kind of like Russ and I just I hate the Cowboys so much. Okay, little NBA action here. Let's switch it over. So we're getting pretty darn close to the all-star break here where we're going to get a few days to kind of pause, reset, evaluate the league and try to figure out who's actually playing good, who's going to have to make some moves come the buyout point and trade deadline, who's looking like they're ready to make a finals run right now, all of that stuff. So we're kind of getting prepared for that and starting to look big picture here. And we're just going to kind of talk East and West, Teams we're liking, some risers, some fallers, a couple teams that might be wild cards to watch, things of that nature. So, Peter, what's where are you starting? What's your biggest takeaway right now with the landscape of the East and the West? All right. 
I got to start with a hot topic of a team. I'm going to go with my wild card. And that is the Utah Jazz. Ooh, a wild card with them. Okay. So here's my hypothesis. They are the Bucks of the last couple years. Fantastic regular season team. Putting up record-breaking numbers. I'm referring to Milwaukee's net rating the last couple years. Right. Fantastic. So I think the Jazz are playing fantastic basketball. I watched them dismantle the Lakers last night, the shorthanded Lakers. They smoked them. They've they've hit 53s over the last two games, 9-1 in their last 10. Uh, They've covered the spread like almost 20 games in a row now or something ridiculous. They're what, 24-5, something like that overall here? They're 26-6, best record in the league. Um, And I believe they have five guys shooting over 40% from three. That's that's the real reason why they're just smoking people. You know, they play around Rudy, they feed him lobs, get him easy buckets, and the rest of the guys spread the floor. It's essentially this is exactly what the Rockets would have liked to have. Could you imagine James Harden last year working the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert? I mean, they had Capella. I know. Not quite the same, but I think the Jazz. I think the Jazz are really interesting. It's kind of bizarre to me because last season, this is what I expected the Jazz to be. Once Mm. the Mike Conley pickup happened, started the season, I'm thinking they're pretty much running it back with the same core. They add a legit point guard in Conley. They've got Bogdanovich there. Like this should take them to the next level. Another year of Donovan Mitchell. Another year of Gobert. Like they're going to be legit. And it really just never clicked. And obviously, when the season stops and Bogdanovich is out for the bubble and everything, that that wasn't really what we saw in the bubble wasn't the same Utah Jazz team. Yeah. But I like your point, point about them being the Bucks of the last couple of years because I'm a Suns fan. I'll tell you right now, if I got Utah in the first round, I'd be thrilled. I think they're one of the few teams in the West we could actually beat in a seven-game series. And I think every single fan base would feel that way. I mean, I, I'm not scared of Utah at all because can Gobert even stay on the floor in the last two minutes? We'll see. That's been the thing for them. You know, if they. And he has been this year. So they have closed games with him and it's worked. It's a regular season. So that's the thing. It's the regular season. People are overreacting here. <laughs> yeah. Like seven game series. Are they going to shoot the ball this well every game? Probably not. Coaches are going to have the ability to make adjustments. You got to give Quinn Snyder, uh, Mark Jackson line here, you got to give Coach Quinn Snyder some credit here. What the Utah Jazz are doing is incredible. It is. It is incredible. I I just don't. Here's my hot take. They're not going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I don't I don't even think that's a hot okay. take. You want to hear a really hot take? They don't make it out of the first round. Nah, they're they're definitely going to. Why? You look at the bottom of the West right now. If you get Denver or Dallas or portland or even golden state i'm not convinced i'm really not and like you said you point out the shooting statistics having five guys shoot above 40 percent from three is awesome but you know how many teams have ever done that zero all right that is going to regress toward the mean some a little bit over time Uh, they might not drop a ton there might be four guys that stay above 40 a couple that drop to 37 38 but i guarantee you right now all five of them will not finish over 40 at the end of the season it's just unheard of it won't happen it's statistically so unlikely that they are due to start missing some shots at some point it's really three at this point but uh, although bogdanovich 39 9 donovan 38 that counts so okay I mean, you get the point, but I yeah. I just don't think they're going to have the guns to go deep, but you can't you can't sit here and talk to me about the Nuggets when you just pointed out the Jazz didn't have Bojan in the playoffs and they were a bucket away or Yeah, and Conley was playing terrible. Like that's yeah, totally valid. They easily could have been that team playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I I just no. I I think this is more of just a team playing really good ball at the wrong time. I think that's a good point. Now, if they stay this hot through all of the regular season and they're walking in to the playoffs and they're sitting at, I don't know, like 
61 and 9 or something ridiculous or, or or 59 and 13 something like that okay then let's let's maybe start to give them a little more credit and fear them a little bit more but i think they're just hot right now like you were saying a team getting hot at the wrong time it's cool but i'm not going to get too worried about them uh speaking of getting hot I just wanted probably, to acknowledge them yeah no that's fair that's fair but speaking of getting hot at potentially the wrong time you think that's what's happening right now with Phoenix? We'd won 10 of 12. Is this your loss last night which, against the Hornets? This, this is just a question. Oh. I don't even have anything on Phoenix, but I got to mention them because all of a sudden we're up there in the Western Conference standings. How legit do you think we are? You think we're a first round exit team or do you think we're a team that could give someone like the Lakers or Clippers or even the Jazz if they're up there some trouble? I think ceiling is conference finals. I can live with that. I think they could easily get bounced in the first round. Yeah. I, I like I'm just being realistic. I think seeding's gonna matter a lot because I mean right now we're two games back of the two seed and we're only two and a half games out of the seven seed or three games out of the seven three games out of the eight seed. You know, like mm-hmm. you lose a couple games or you win a couple games, you go from the two three range down to the six, seven, eight range real freaking fast. And that that's gonna spread out a little bit over time, but probably not a ton. It's gonna stay hot. Yeah, I love their depth. Maybe the best backcourt in the league with Chris and D Buck. I'll take that. I mean, we could have we could debate that, but they have to be up there. That's just a fantastic combination of leadership, playmaking, and and then scoring from Booker. And I just think for them to really hit that next level, like I said, I think they're a really good team right now. I know what you're about to say here, and it's going to piss me off. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Aiden is the problem. Aiden has not come along any further. He's not a problem. He he is a problem. He's He's the number one pick, and he is stuck at 18 points and 12 rebounds. He's not going to be anything more than that. Like that is shots are there to go around, my guy. I don't care about shots. I mean, he can't even take jump shots. He might knock down a three every like 20 games. Do you want DeAndre Aiden shooting six threes a game? I want someone who can stretch the floor, especially if you're going to be soft in the paint and not be a beast. Like if you're going to be a seven foot center that can't really shoot the ball, you have to be a tenacious, fierce, shot blocking, rebounding, just nail chewing monster. Like yeah. he's not. He's soft. He needs some you Jared watch him Allen play. in him. He needs. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to go get bullied by Shaq for two years in practice or something. I listened to him on the Woj pod last year, and he sold me so hard on his mentality. No, he sold me too, and then I watched him play this season, and I was like, no, yeah, he's exactly what I thought he was. He was um, the wrong pick at number one. You're you're being a little bit harsh. He's a really good player. He's still really young. Um, I don't think basketball was always his love growing up. You know, he's from the Bahamas. I think well, he kind of figured hope it, it is out now. late. I, I think it's he's coming along, but like you said, he needs to be ferocious, angry, and be that energy guy for them. I know I, they I have to see Jay him Crowder. get some flagrant fouls. I want to see him take someone's head off every once in a while. Like he is the I bet he's never even had a flagrant or technical foul ever called on him. I I could not. He looks confirm. like the type of guy you know the Allstate commercial. It's out on me, coach. Yeah, that that's that's what I see him as at this point. I don't know. I like some of his passing ability. I love his size. He just needs to get angry. That's all it is. He he needs to get angry and he needs to get tougher. He could take them to another level. I think Bridges, Crowder, Cam Johnson, I think those guys bring it every single night. Etwan Moore even throw him in there. Yeah, it's as much eight. as I hate how we've drafted the last couple years, we have done a good job bringing in playmakers, and surrounding them with shooters. And Aiton is just the one missing piece that if he can be what he is supposed to be and what Phoenix obviously thought he could be when they drafted him number one, we'll be there. Like, we will be legitimate Western Conference contender, but I agree with you right now. We're just not there yet. But okay, enough Suns. I could go on forever. Um, One team they're playing right now that I've got them as a riser in the second half, the Dallas Mavericks. So they won six of their last seven. 
Luca with the absolutely insane performance two nights ago, the threes at the end of the game, the mm-hmm. game winner that was just like the bubble three. I think they're figuring it out, and they've moved hard away to the bench. I think that's helped a lot with their offense. Brunson has been huge. You knocked me a little bit for pointing out how big I thought Brunson could be before what do you the mean? season for them. On the record, a couple weeks ago, I, I said he's a hooper. Okay, okay. <laughs> he's been we'll damn have to, good. We'll have to bring out the takes. No, he's been he's been awesome. Uh, but I'm still concerned about the Porzingis thing because you really dive deep into the numbers and you see that Luca is better when Porzingis isn't on the court. And I don't know if it's because they're forcing touches to Porzingis if maybe the sets that they're running with Luke and Porzingis just aren't working. I don't know if Porzingis feels like he has to play a different way with Luke on the floor and it might restrict his game or something, but it's gotten far enough long into or far enough along into the Porzingis experiment where I think there is some cause for concern and we've seen the rumors. I threw out a trade package to you essentially offering yeah, Hardaway and Porzingis to Golden State for Ubre and Wiggins. That was the bulk of it. I think maybe it's time that they consider something like that. And it sounds like they are. I mean, they've picked up the phone when people have called or maybe even, you know, had an outgoing call or two gauge an interest. Right. Um, I'm with you. It hasn't really worked out the way some of us might've thought. He looks a little bit lost out there. Um, yeah. Earlier in the year, it looked like they didn't really know what their identity was. And you know, they just had to run through Luca and surround him with the right type of players. And it just, to me, it doesn't seem like Porzingis is that kind of guy. So if they could get one guy in a trade who could come in and make a difference for them, I think they should do it. Yeah. With maybe they can pick history. up somebody in the buyout market. That's the thing. I try not to be too hard on the guy and the Porzingis we saw in New York, I still have a little bit of hope or I'm at least trying to hold out on it that we could see him again. But I just feel like every time he has an injury and gets dinged up, it takes him so much longer after that to adjust and get back to the level that we want to see him at and or that he's probably even used to playing at. And he finally got there in the bubble and then he gets hurt again and he's never been the same since. And I'm just, it sucks. I feel bad for the guy, but I'm starting to think maybe this is all he's going to be an injured guy that plays 40, 50 games a year and can get you 22 and 10 when he's healthy and doesn't like to use his size to his advantage. No, doesn't post up at all. Plays like a guard. Can't handle the ball as well as your guards. Yeah, it <laughs> sucks. It sucks. Ouch. Porzingis roast sash. Yeah, that went a little further than I intended, but I mean, it's that time, you know, you want to be an all-star. You want to be one of the biggest names in the league and carry a pretty significant franchise like Dallas. You're not living up to it. It's just how it is, you know? Yeah, they have some guys I like. Uh, like They're just going to go as far as Luka can take them. And yep. I don't know what that is with what they have around them, but I do agree with you. It looks like they're on the right foot now, and they're they're definitely going to be in the play-in. They might secure a spot in the top six. They're going to get up to the five or six seed, I'm thinking. Uh, one team that I've got just falling off, I think they're going to be... Is this your faller? Yeah, this is my faller. I'm going Spurs. I think Dallas is a team that's probably going to move in and replace them in the playoff, or at least the play-in. Because San Antonio, you got to respect what Pop's getting out of the guys, but they're just caught so far in between right now. I mean, you've got two aging stars in DeRozan and Aldridge. And what DeRozan has done this year, averaging seven assists a game, when he's never really been a guard that play makes for others, he's always just been a shot creator for himself, essentially. What he's doing with his game and how he's evolved, it's awesome. Aldridge still contributes when he's healthy. But these younger guys are almost ready to take on the bigger roles and lead the team. And they're good enough to win some games, but they just don't have an identity. And they've got these two old guys that are kind of leading the team. And then they've got this group of young guys in Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, and they're talented, but they're not as talented as the other teams in the West. And they're too old and they're too young. And there's just no in between for me. I don't think they have really a sense of direction and, they're just not going to be able to continue to play above 500. I think they're going to probably fall down to 
nine, 10, 11 spot and be a couple games under 500 by the end of the year. I'm with you. That was my faller. So, okay. I'm going to flip the Jazz into that spot and I'm going to have to pick a couple other teams. Okay. Um, One more thing to note with the Spurs. Yeah. They've got a negative point differential in the year. So, their record is 16 and 12, but they've been outscored. I know that that doesn't mean a ton, but that usually can indicate kind of where you're going to regress or mm-hmm. maybe like with the Mavs last year, you know, you see how many points per game they're outscoring opponents by. And you know, man, this team is really freaking good. They're just not closing games. Well, right. I think with Spurs, you can kind of see like, Hey, they've done well in the close ones, but they're really about average. And with the thunder earlier this year, their point differential was terrible but they were 500 and now they've started to come back down to earth a little bit. Shout out to Lou Dort last night though. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to him. But at the same time, Lou Dort start losing some games, brother. Come on. Come on. We're, we're good with that win. We're, we're fine. Um, yeah, I I really like the Spurs young core between the DeJounte Murray, um, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell. Like that's three guys who I think can be really good for them going forward. Like you said, Agreed. they just have some soul searching to do this offseason, and I have no idea what to expect with them. I think there's someone that's going to be a seller at the deadline. I mean, if they, they see the writing on the wall to do that, though, I know they're too prideful to do that. But if you don't do that, you're probably going to miss the playoffs. Best case scenario, first round exit. And then DeRozan and Aldridge are just going to be out of their primes and their contracts up and you're not going to get anything for them. And then you're still not going to have enough to really let your young guys have a go at it. And you're going to be kind of caught in between tanking and trying to win. I think they got to sell DeRozan and Aldridge, give them to contenders and just get anything you can for them. Even if Aldridge just brings you a couple second round picks or DeRozan only gets you like a first or one young player, you take anything you can right now to add to your young core. All right. The trade exception that Boston has trade for DeRozan. Now you have have him run the point and like replace Kimba and playmaker. You could close games with him Jalen Tatum and Marcus Smart on the floor and just be Hell yeah. mean. Hell you could yeah. be mean. Jalen yeah. and Tatum can guard threes and fours. That would be fun if you could get a three-team trade going on and uh, you somehow get that work in where Boston can send Kimba someone else and bring DeRozan in to take his minutes. Because I think if you bring DeRozan in, you don't even need Kimba at that point. Uh, I, they, need a, they need a point. Unless guard. you want him to run your second unit. Because, I mean, think about how much Tatum and Brown handle the ball now, and DeRozan, who's handling it more than he ever has in his career, you're going to throw him in there. And, like, I mean, people said there's not enough shots to go around and touches to go around with the Nets. And I think it'd be worse with the Spurs, although they have made it work. I mean, maybe these guys could make it work, but it can't hurt. I mean, take a shot at this point. Boston's got to do something. Yeah, man. Bobby Marsh was throwing haymakers today saying, look at these teams or the last three title teams, Cleveland way over the tax, Golden State way over the tax. Um, Toronto goes all in for Kawhi. That's what it takes to win nowadays. That's what it takes to win. That's why I mentioned the Brad Beal trade the other day, but you, you brought this up. I'm just looking at teams that might be DeRozan suitors, and that was the first one that came to mind. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. I know a lot of people were trying to get DeRozan to the Lakers, and maybe since they're struggling now, they reconsider their stance. And do that. I think you'd have to send back either Schroeder or Kuzma. Uh, maybe throw in shoot out West Matthews. Uh, I, I don't know. It would be nitty gritty and probably not an amazing trade package. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to give you one more team since we kind of bounced around a little bit. Yeah, we're kind of all over the place, so hit me. All right, let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. That That's my wild card. Oh, cool. Perfect. Perfect. Impressive win over Phoenix last night. Yeah. LaMelo, wow, he was a roller coaster down the stretch. 
I was gonna say, did you watch it? <laughs> yes, he had a couple. Because he he led us back in that game. His fouls at the end on Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges. You better be thanking his lucky stars that Mikel missed that last free throw at the end that would have cut it to three. Right, but he also hit a couple huge buckets yes. that put them in position to win. Right, he, beat, he was the one that got the lead up to seven. Yeah, BJ Crowder off the dribble, the layup high off the glass. He just he belongs, man. And he's starting to hit threes off the bounce too, using some of that step back that he has. He has all the tools. I still can't believe Minnesota and Golden State passed over him. I was telling everyone. I just everyone, keep thinking about him and Steph on the court at the yes. same time. How much fun would that be? I know Clay is there. You figure it out when Clay gets back. I mean, those play two three. that can care. play on or off the ball. Oh my God. Yeah, even with all three of them on the court, think about how many looks Clay's going to get. Because anytime Steph or LaMelo drives, everyone's going to be worried about the other. Where are they oh at? My. Clay's just going to be picking and popping from the corners <laughs> going nuts. Okay, That would have so- been That would have been awesome. Steph and Clay would not even have to handle the ball because you would just have LaMelo and Draymond creating for those two raining buckets on other teams. All right, that's that's enough uh, imagination there. But <laughs> on the Hornets, what do you think of them? They're in the playoffs as of right now, five and five in their last 10. Do you think they can make it? So right now, the Celtics are just out. The Knicks yeah. are just out. And you have the Raptors, Bulls, and Heat pushing it back up into the playoff spots. Right. So early on in the year, Charlotte was the team I picked that we were kind of on the Cavs and the Hornets talking about they might be two teams that surprise some people, maybe make the playoffs in the East, go above 500. Well, it looks like we were wrong on the Cavs at this point. They've gone from being a fun team to watch to being absolutely miserable. Yeah, they are fun to watch, but... The defensive stuff in the beginning, I think that they kind of just got lucky and teams were missing shots and the defensive numbers and rating were a little bit of fool's gold and not exactly indicative of how good a defense they were playing. And now they're seeing some of the better teams and their numbers are just kind of coming back down to earth defensively. Hey, love will come back at some point. Yeah, we'll see if that helps. I I still would like to think Kevin Love could go help a team at this point, but he's kind of irrelevant if I'm being honest in my mind when I think of big picture NBA nowadays. But no, I do think the Hornets can make the playoffs. And I think the Bulls right now, they're at the sixth seed at 15 and 16. I mean, they're technically tied with the Hornets for the six slash seven. Miami's half a game behind them. Toronto also five, six and seven are all tied. Toronto, Chicago and Charlotte. I think Chicago is going to fall out of the playoffs. I like Charlotte to keep that spot. Zach Levine is going to have to just go absolutely stupid, dummy, crazy like he has been. But he's going to have to do that all year long if they want to make the playoffs. They are probably a play-in contender. You know, 9 or 10 seed get their shot. But I like the Hornets to finish with the 8 seed. I just need to see them in the play-in because I want to see... Some more fans in the stands, LaMelo, playoff atmosphere. I like their rotation a lot, man. I do too. I I like moving Miles Bridges to the bench. He is the perfect energy guy off the the bench. And did you know he's shooting 95% from the free throw line this year? Yeah. That's stupid. That was stupid. I was excited when we fouled him last night. I was like, hey, Miles Bridges, you know, he might miss one of these. Good foul. And then they pulled up his numbers and my jaw dropped. He's shooting like, wait, 1.2 a game, though. <laughs> so how many has he shot this year? Like 40? Uh, t- yeah, around. Well, he's like 38 of 40 or something. That's still impressive. And he shot it well from three. We know what he can do off the bounce. I mean, he's yeah. just an incredible dunker. He- he's been great. Kind of a six man for them. Mm hmm. Well, I guess LaMelo is really the sixth man, but that second unit in general has been nice. I almost feel like Devontae should come off the bench when he's back and healthy. I think we're to that point. Yeah. I just don't you see gotta how start you can. Lamello. Yeah. He's too good. Too good. He does too much for them to not start him. Right. And I understand the idea of having him run with the second unit so he gets to often go against team second units, but he's playing valuable enough minutes for you and good enough minutes that you're going to close games with him. So he's going to be playing with the starters anyway, down the stretch, just keep him in the starting lineup and let him get some continuity with those guys. And with Hayward 
if him and Hayward can really get a good feel for each other and when one wants to go and when the other is going to let the other go kind of thing, they're going to be spicy. They're yeah, going to be spicy. Malik Monk's been a bit of a revelation with detail out. Yeah. So. I copped a, a little Panini Silver Prism Malik Monk rookie card the other day. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to see what the rest of the season looks like for them. Wouldn't be shocked if they just plummeted their way out of the playoffs. But as of now, seeing them compete, beat a red-hot team like the Suns, is exciting. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, one last question for you before we hit a little top shot here. Last podcast, we talked about the Lakers, and we both said there's no cause for concern. You're going to be fine. They've lost four in a row without AD. Is it time to be concerned about the Lakers? No. You don't think so? I just don't care. I really don't. I think they're fine. They haven't had Schroeder. They haven't had AD. That's two of their. They still got LeBron. That's two of their best three players in my eyes. Okay, they Schroeder's kind of irrelevant if we're being honest. Like it's How? AD and LeBron. Like they don't have a third best player any given night. It might be Kuzma, it might be Schroeder, it might be KCP. Like it, it's it's LeBron and AD and everyone else. And Schroeder brings it every night and plays a big role on their team. He does, but he hasn't been playing a role like he was in OKC. I mean, he's putting up like, what, 12, 13 points a game and a couple assists. Like, it's not anything spectacular. Decent defense, but he's not. I'm just saying. He's not as big of an X factor as AD. A top 6'7 guy in the league, not playing, and the should have been sixth man of the year last year. Okay. Who's a starter now. That's fair, but. After these four losses, and specifically how bad last night was, I'm starting to think the Lakers Look, might slide a lot. And I know if they are healthy in the playoffs with LeBron no, and AD, the point. it does not matter. But they are going to slide back to the 4, 5, or 6 seed over the next few weeks. Utah made 14 threes in the first half. That's a franchise record. They were beating anyone last night. That's fine. But what about the three games before that? What about the Washington game where they blew a 16-point lead? Hey, man, All-Stars doing All-Star things. Beal and Westbrook played great. It Just is what it is, man. Just keep an eye on the Lakers. Just keep an eye on the Lakers. All right. You know where There's I stand a lot on of, it. I know. There's a lot of teams there in the 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 range that are going to be hot and moving up the standings. Like the Nuggets, the Nuggets are outscoring the teams they've played by an average of four points a game and they're barely above 500, you know their wins are about to start piling in, especially now that they're getting healthier. They're getting Will Barton, Gary Harris, those guys back that they need desperately on the perimeter for the offense and the defense. They're going to move up there a lot. All right, Dallas is going to make a push. Portland might make a push when they get CJ and Nurk back. Lakers got to be careful. They got to be careful not to fall out or something, but it's fine. They're going to be good. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little top shot now. Let's do it. So last night, got our first pack, and the way that it worked, so it's called a pack break, and we essentially bought in with a third party, and they work with top shot, and they do different tiers of buy-ins depending on the pack. We got the high dollar pack. It was a base series one. So these are the OG cards. There is no more than 5,000 of any of the ones that we could have gotten. And the way it works is you're randomized a slot. There was five people in it and it's called picker pass. So Peter had a hard time grasping this last night, but he got it by the end. The first team, they can pick or pass. The first pack is open. They get to see all five cards. They can choose if they want to keep it and be done. They're locked in with that pack. Nobody else can take it or they can pass it to number two. Then number two gets the decision. Do I take this pack or do I pass it? So we were the third slot and the way it worked, the first pack was open. There was a jaw in there. There was something else. I mean, the pack was worth like three, four grand. It was like a holy shit. This would be a dope pack to have start. And the first guy passed on it. And we're in the Discord watching. We're like, oh, he's passing. He's passing. And the second guy was like, hang on, give me a second. I'm going to think about it. And we were thinking, we're holy shit, are we going to get this pack? And then the guy decided to take it. And we we're like, all right, all right, pump the brakes, reset the nerves. No big deal. Pack number two, here we go. Pack number two was a dud. Nothing that good in it. Uh, guy ahead of us passed. Yeah, there was a Ben Simmons. The, the pack wasn't even, we wouldn't have broken even. We still would have been a couple hundred dollars below what we bought in at. So 
we decided to pass on it and it ended up going to one of the people behind us the next pack was also kind of a dud not really any crazy cards in there passed on it also so this left us and the one guy picking ahead of us pack number four gets opened first card's nothing second card's nothing good third card donovan mitchell dunk worth six seven hundred at least so we're thinking okay okay this pack's getting there yeah maybe eight hundred close the prices have moved so much i think right now it's six seven hundred two days ago it was around a thousand so i I don't know it might go back up by now already it might already be back at like 800 but um after that we see the milwaukee bucks icon opened and we're thinking holy shit holy shit and boom (laughs) it is a Giannis, which was awesome except for the fact that the guy in front of us got to choose if he wanted the pack and so the fifth card was nothing crazy, but still you've got a Giannis and a Donovan Mitchell. I mean, the pack's worth at least two and a half, three grand because of them alone. And so we are hoping and hoping and hoping that this guy's going to pass on it. And he's in these breaks all the time. I've seen him in a lot of them. He's a dude who has a huge collection of these cards already. And so I'm in the chat just spamming, like, please, man, pass, like just desperately begging, hoping this guy might be like, you know what? Eh, it's this guy's first one. Like, let him have it. He thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and took the pack. And so we were stuck with the last pack. Hadn't seen it opened. Yeah, it was it was really tough. But (laughs) at the same time, we have the chance of still pulling a LeBron or a Luca, something like that. We don't know what we're getting on the last pack. First card, we got Svi. Uh, Second card. Shout out. Yeah, second card. We got John Collins dunk, which was decent, selling for a few hundred. And then third card, I believe. We got no. The second was, was Lonzo Ball assist. Oh, that's right. It was a Lonzo dime Hart, full, full court, court pass. You're right. You're right. Then third was Collins. I think the dunk, and then fourth we had PJ Washington, which PJ Washington has been involved with Top Shot. He's very active, and so his card was pretty cool dunk. But it was actually selling for the most out of all the ones we got. It's selling for around five hundred right now. And then the last card we got was a Zubac dunk. Saw the Clippers icon, and I'm thinking, Kawhi or PG, come on, Zubac. So our pack ended up being about the value of where we bought in at. Mid-Ryan. So, do what? Mid-Ryan. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> mid-Ryan out there. Uh, we, we were a little disappointed, but at the same time, you know, we still got some decent cards. And the market's down right now, but I've got them in my collection, and I'm actually trying to flip a couple of them right now. I DM'd PJ Washington. I let him know we got his moment, asked if he wanted to trade, but I thought a DM would be a better shot. I don't know, man. These these people probably get so many DMs. He hadn't even been on Twitter today, I saw. Uh, But I'll, I'll add him when we get off here and see if we can get a response. But once the market's back up, we're trying to flip a couple of these guys and buy a Series 1 Jokic, or I, I think that's who we're going to go with. Uh, the Jokic, like, triple fake little hook shot turnaround. I think it was to win a game or at the end of the fourth quarter. We're trying to make a move on him. He's around eight or 900, and I like the Kawhi middle finger block, too, that's in Series 1. It's going for a little under 1,000, but maybe Embiid, someone like that. We're thinking, you know, like an all-star because once these guys get in the all-star game, if they're MVP conversation, they're balling out, you think their card's going to go up in value. So that's kind of the game we're playing right now with it. But uh, yeah, we popped our top shot cherry. <laughs> no, dude, it was it was really fun. Um, it's fun to collect these things, although they're crazy expensive. Yeah, they're stupid right now. But I think... Have you noticed? So if you go back and look at the inventory of the packs, some of the packs that they were dropping weeks ago, there's 50,000 that they were giving out. And now the packs? last, yes, 50,000 packs. That That's oh. not like a typo or mispronunciation, like 50,000, like 25,000, 50,000, 30,000. The drops were way bigger. And so that's how so many people control so like, one collector might control like 5% of the market at this point. Cause in the early stages, you could go buy like 50 packs and now they've given out only 3000, the last few drops, I think trying to kind of 5, build 000. up the hype the exclusivity. Yeah, it was 5,000 actually, excuse me. The one dropping tomorrow that got pushed from today. So this probably by the time you hear it might already be out. Check if you're hearing this Friday morning, go ahead and check because their Pacific time, it's probably going to come out around noon Friday. They're putting out 12,000. 
So your chances of getting one are way higher and it's a hundred dollar pack. So I think that's going to scare away some of the people that weren't wanting to spend more than 20, 30 bucks on it. Maybe only two, well, no, no, no. maybe 20, 30,000 people get queued up in there and you get a one in three chance or something like that, a pull in one, maybe even better odds. Who knows? Since it's the middle of the day on a Friday, but I'm hoping one of us gets one because some of these moments in this hundred dollar pack are going to be crazy. Like the exclusive jaw dunk that they're only putting out 200 of. Dude, if you get one of those, you're freaking going crazy. <laughs> you're going to the moon. Yeah, you're going past the moon. You're going to Neptune, shit. Yeah. Um, I would just advise trying to get in one. Just have fun with it. It's Yeah, see these packs different. are low risk. At least go for the pack drops, even if you feel like you're not going to overpay for a player and you think it's a quote-unquote bubble that might burst or something. These packs are going for, most of them, 10 to $15. The one tomorrow is 100 because it's a six-card, super rare pack. Like You open this pack for $99, and the shittiest card you get is probably going to be worth $150, and you get six of them. So, I mean, it's instant profit. Like There's yeah. no chance of losing money on these packs. It's just whether or not you get lucky enough to be assigned a place in line where you can actually get through to the marketplace and get one. But I mean, it is so low risk. Like if you just go look at what these packs sell for and what the cards in those packs are selling for, it's insane. What like what about them makes them premium? Are they all rare? So I believe there's uh, like 20 or 30 cards in there that are rare. And some of them are like a holographic something or other like only so many of them released and then a couple of these cards are exclusive to just this pack drop like you can't mm. ever get them anywhere else and then a lot of the other cards that are common in there are the big name guys that have only like four thousand released so like uh. all of these cards you could get in there from what i read you're pulling heat. I mean, there are Giannis's, Lucas, Zion's, a lot of big name guys like that. If you open one of these six card packs, you are guaranteed at least one or two flat out bangers, probably going for a grand or more. Yeah. So I will be trying to get one tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited if you can't tell. I'm going to be taking a long poo poo break around the <laughs> drop time. <laughs> okay. And with that. <laughs> i think we can wrap it up yep all right well y'all know the drill shout us out leave us that like on social media leave us a five-star rating or a view if you would be so kind hop in on the top shot madness go try to get yourself a pack it's a lot of fun hopefully we can open another pack at some point in the future maybe go live again do something with that but for now we'll be back next week hopefully we have some top shot luck between now and then and something to report back to you Yes, sir. Episode 100. Coming up. Peace.